Well, great to be with you. Uh, we're continuing our series of faith in the fire, and today's furnace um, is the fire of disappointment. Um, it's really crucial right now, isn't it? It seems to be an emotion that's everywhere right now. Um, people have had plans cancelled and not able to see friends, family. Uh, my kids are, are disappointed they can't go to New Day, uh, which is a, a Christian kind of youth festival. Um, they're gutted about that. And um, all of these things are, are, I guess, small things really in the large scheme of things. Um, but I can remember, as I'm sure you can, things in my life um, that have been very disappointing, actually, uh, to say the least. I can remember in 2004, um, we were about to move house from our first house into what was going to be our kind of family home for the foreseeable future. We had one child, she was young, Maisie, and uh, my wife, Catherine, was pregnant um, right at the end of her pregnancy with our second child. And uh, we'd seen this place, it was, it was just everything that we, we dreamed of. And um, right up to that uh, moving point, we packed our boxes and we were ready to go. And then we found out the day before we were due to move um, that they hadn't exchanged and uh, the contracts hadn't been signed. And so the move was off. And I can tell you there's nothing worse than unpacking boxes <laughs> when you've moved nowhere. Um, and that was tough, tough to uh, resolve in our own hearts. I can remember our third child miscarried. And uh, again, at, at 10 weeks, my wife had to have, a, have an op um, to sort her out in that sense. And uh, you questions of, God, where, where were you? <laughs> at that moment and what was that all about so there's been times too as um, I'm sure there has in your life where friends or people who that you thought were with you and we did life together and we were doing church and mission together and then they kind of decide they want to do that somewhere else do church and mission with someone else and for someone else and uh, it can be hard um, to hear those things and it can be things that are unresolved in our lives that can cause us problems. So what about you? Whereabouts are you and what things have you been disappointed by in your life? Maybe your family is always fighting, it's divided. Maybe your girlfriend or your spouse has cheated on you. Maybe your boss has made you redundant even recently. Maybe your wedding's been cancelled. Maybe your football manager has dropped you. Maybe you've suffered perceived or very real injustice in this life. And maybe the church, the leadership here have, have let you down. That's it, it, not intentional, but it happens, unfortunately. I mean, your womb is still empty. Your body is still sick. Life, life's full of pain sometimes, isn't it? And there will be a number of you watching in today who are suffering and struggling, either from present things or things that have happened in the past that's still having an effect on you now. Many emotions result from all those different experiences, but disappointment is certainly in all of them. Hopes are dashed, expectations are unfulfilled, and prayers are seemingly unanswered. Disappointment is the opposite of hope, really. Hope looks forward with joy. Disappointment looks back with anger, with resentment, uh, sometimes bitterness, and a uh, a sense and the waiting that God is silent. And if we're really honest, we're probably not just disappointed with what happened, but actually we're disappointed with God. 
and that can lead to being offended by God and we can live with that for years. It's not a great place to live and uh, if you don't know God yet that, then this kind of stuff can keep you from him as you don't understand and you've got more questions than you have answers and if you do know him it can rob you of your faith and it can limit your expectation to see God working more in your life and in the life of others around you. So what do we do? Where do we turn? Well, not to self-pity um, or even to self-reliance where we try to kind of drum ourselves up into a better place, but we turn to God. We run to him in times like this. So we go to the Bible. The Bible is the place where God has revealed himself. And in that Bible, there's story after story of difficulty and pain. There's Joseph who was a, given a dream and ended up in prison. There's, there's Job who had lots and then had it all taken away from him. There's Hannah who desperately, desperately wanted a child. And barrenness seems to be all over uh, the Old Testament, Testament as something that God allows and seems to use to shape people into the people he wants them to be. No more so than Abraham and Sarai. Abraham was 75 years old when the promise came to him that he would have children and they would multiply and be a great nation, as it were, and affect other nations. And uh, at 75, you think, wow, that's pretty tough. And what made it worse was that Sarai couldn't have children. She was barren. Let me tell you this, they waited 25 years. Any earthly reason was unlikely in the first place, but now it seemed impossible to have a child. At age 99, God spoke to Abraham. He said, you will have a son. Sarai was 89. And that, that time next, that following year, they had a son called Isaac, which means laughter. Boy, they must have needed some laughter after all those years of waiting and pain. Their only hope was God's promise, which was precisely God's purpose in the long and confusing wait. We also have the Psalms in the Bible and they show us some real people calling out to a real God in their real difficulties. Psalm 13, our text for today, says this, the first verse, it says, How long, Lord, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? It's full of questions. There's many other Psalms like this too. Psalm 22, oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Wow, these are helpful to us as we look at the Bible. And what about Jesus? Well, he knew what it was to be disappointed too. Some of his disciples left him. Some of them let him down at the crucial moments. One of them betrayed him for just a few pieces of silver. And he, if you like, had his own unanswered prayer. As he went to the cross, he knew where he was going. There was incredible pain for him, wasn't there? But there was purpose in his pain. And as he hung there, taking my sin and your sin upon himself, a death that should have been ours, that he took for us, so that if we trusted him, we could have a life. As he hung there, there was a moment where his father left him 
as he took upon all of that sin, all of that mess, all of this pain. And Jesus cries out, why have you forsaken me? But of course, at that moment, there was no answer. Did he believe ultimately that his father had forsaken him? No, I think Jesus knew he'd already told his disciples he was going to raise from the dead afterwards. Why did he do this? Well, I think he did it to model to us that he understands what we're going through. And he wants us to talk to God like he did and not just to cover up these things with a pseudo spirituality, just to put them under the rug and try and just crack on as if nothing's ever happened. No, he wants us to deal with our feelings and our emotions and our hurts in a healthy way. I want you to know today that God's silence is sometimes how it feels, but the reality is, is that is not how it is. God is for us. He is with us and he loves us. The great preacher Spurgeon said this, he said, when you can't trace his hand, you have to trust his heart. And I hope we can help you today by going through something of how to process disappointment uh, together. The Bible have these things to do that for us and helps us to know how to deal with the things that we're struggling with. But right now, I want you to hear from Terry, who has his own story of how God spoke to him in a dream to help him in his particular situation. Hi, folks. I wonder if I might share with you a brief story about a time when God spoke to me in a dream. Um, I had applied for a job in social services, received the job, um, but it proved very stressful. And so I spent the whole evening berating God, really, and asking why he had done this to me. I prayed for, a, for the job of my dreams and the job was a nightmare. And I had this very strange set of prayers. And I was really disappointed in God. I wanted some answers and, and I didn't feel I was getting them. I found a book called Disappointment with God and I started reading that. Where are the answers? What do you do when God doesn't do what you think he's going to do? Why doesn't he tell you the answers that you pray about? And I fell asleep with, with the book on my chest. And during the night, God said to me, Terry, you don't always do what I ask you to do. You don't always love me with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. Nonetheless, when the chips are down, and it's not spiritual language, but this is what I heard. When the chips are down, you come to me with a list of things you want me to do. And furthermore, again, not spiritual language, but this is what, what I heard. Furthermore, you have time scales by which you want me to do the things on your list. And if I don't do the things on your list in the time scale that you set out for me, you become disappointed in me and look for other answers. And then this voice said, Terry, let me tell you, there is no book in heaven called Disappointment with Terry. I've written no such book about you because my love for you is unconditional. Always has been, always will be. Bless you, Lord.
Thank you, Terry. That's excellent. And uh, you even got a book recommendation in there, which is great. So how do we process our disappointment? Well, very practically, firstly, we need to acknowledge the pain. Psalm 13 helps us with this again, doesn't it? It's coming to God and coming to him without any filters, coming to our Father, speaking out loud um, all that we feel and giving it to him. The Psalm of 13 is the language is how long it's have you forgotten me? There's wrestling in it. There's sorrow, isn't it? And there's the enemy sense of someone against that person. And even that that feeling of death that's desperate times. Do you know what? It's okay to shout at God. He is big enough to hear it. And he knows what you're going through anyway. And he knows if you're upset with him. So you might as well come to him and tell him, speak it out loud. The tongue is a powerful agent here as we come to our father and he welcomes us into his arms. You see groans and however you want to express yourself, give it to him. And uh, tears are good too. Come into him in the prison of your pain, especially when we feel that he could have prevented it is the highest level of intimacy that we can know with God. I want to encourage you, don't leave your pain unprocessed. Don't leave your disappointment as part of you. Bring it to God. And as we do this, let me ensure you that he works in our hearts. The power of his spirit works in us and it shifts our thinking away from us and back towards him. So we've come to the second thing to do is to focus on his promise on the truth of who he is. We've heard some of the promises already, haven't we, through scripture and uh, Psalm 13 doesn't stay in this way. Verses five and six, there's a change of tone. There's a big but, but I trust in your unfailing love, the psalmist cries out. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Can you see the flip of what's happened here as you begin to tell God of all of the difficulty that you've suffered and the injustice that you feel? He begins to do something in you and turns your focus to him and his truth of who he is and what he has done. You know, so often we focus on who he isn't and what he hasn't done. And so I want to encourage you to rehearse truth of the promises that are special to you so that you can find freedom from the prison of disappointment. Here's another promise, Psalm 34, verse 10, it says there, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Wow, that can be tough, can't it, if everything around you is falling about you. You see, what it begins to ask the question of what is the greatest good? What is good? What's the best good? And the Bible tells us that it's to know God through the person of Jesus Christ, that if he is our greatest treasure, then what makes something good is whether it brings us more of God. <laughs> Let me explain in by way of talking about healing. You see, getting healed from something that's afflicting you is good, but so is not getting healed if it enables you to come closer to God and it brings more of God into your life. You know, when I'm disappointed, 
by God. It's often because at that moment there's something that I'm longing for more than him. And this perspective shift means that I get back to knowing that he is all I need in every time and in every situation. So at that point, we need to confess, don't we, that we put something else above him for our satisfaction and ask him to forgive us of that sin to enable us to walk free from it. Next thing to do is to lay down understanding so that you can gain peace in your heart. This is so crucial. You know, for me, I often need to understand why something's happened so that I can rest and have peace. But the reality is the Bible says that this peace comes when we lay down our right to understand. In Philippians 4, we read of a peace that goes beyond understanding that as we bring our anxieties and prayers to him, he brings to us a peace that is above understanding, surpasses understanding. You see, God has told us that we can't understand everything, that there is mystery in these things and we're to work within the mystery. You see, you can't trust God with all your heart and still lean on all of your own understanding. Trusting God means trusting God. The mystery keeps us humble, it keeps us soft, it keeps us dependent on him. And as we give up that right to understand why something has happened, then we will know his peace. And lastly, look out for God's purpose. You see, sometimes preparation comes packaged as pain. And the pain of disappointment is one of those realities. You see, there is so often purpose in your pain. We saw it in Jesus. We saw it in Joseph. We see it in Hannah. God is doing something sometimes in you before he does something through you. And I want to suggest that potentially the longer the pain, the deeper the hurt, the greater the difficulty, sometimes the greater the purpose that he is preparing us for. Romans 8, 28 says this, all things God works for good, for the good of those who love him. According to what? According to his purpose. There is purpose in your pain. God's going to bring fruits of the spirit. God's going to bring new passions. Even in this coronavirus time, God's going to, he's developing us. He's changing us. He's working on our characters. He's softening us. He's bringing us more of him so that we can reflect him in a greater way, even amongst the difficulty and the pain. As an ultimate purpose too, I want you to know that this life is short. It may not feel like that in the situation that you are in right now, but in comparison to the whole and the rest of eternity, it is short. And in the not too distant future, God will return. Jesus will come again for his people. All things will be made new. Every possible source of disappointment will be removed and all our hopes will be fulfilled with God and in his glory forever and ever in eternity with him. We're going to come and sing a song in a moment. We're going to sing Desert Song. 
And uh, my prayer, if you like, for you is that if you don't know him yet, that you might, or if you have known him and you've gone away from him, then you might want to press into him even during this time. And if you want to know more about our relationship with Jesus, please let us know. Write a comment uh, on the chat. We'd love to help you. If you do know him, then I want to ask you to deal with some of your disappointment. As we sing, why don't you take the opportunity, you're in your own home, move into another room. Why don't you speak out what you need to speak out before God, unfiltered, unadulterated. Tell him how you're feeling. And then I want to invite you to come back to have some prayer in the prayer room, one-to-one with someone who can pray the promises of God over you, the purposes of God into you. And so that you might know something of a freedom from disappointments past and you can live with God in the present for his glory. I have a real burden for the barren woman today. So as I pray, I'm going to pray for those people too. Father, we thank you that you are with us and you've said you will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you that even in the silence, we can open your Bible and hear of you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to process past hurts today, disappointments, Lord, that would no longer be part of our present day feelings and emotions. Lord, take us on, change us. Give us purpose in our pain. Help us to see it so that we can press into the promises that you have, be set free from the prison of disappointment to follow you with increasing measure. Lord, I pray for the barren woman. Watching today, Lord, would you open wombs? Lord, would you bring fruitfulness? Would you cause children to flourish and parents to have joy just like Abraham and Sarah? Lord, I ask it in your name. Would you do miraculous things amongst us? Would you cause those wombs to be fruitful? And would you cause us to process well as we come to you. Thank you that your arms are always open to us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's sing and let's deal and do business with God. Bless you.